Thanks, everyone, for coming out this Sunday night in Spanish Fork, Utah. Thanks to those who download these talks as podcasts from iTunes. We invite your comments, correspondence, and feedback by emails at utahchristians at gmail.com. Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder of Chari of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Oma Gyanati Miranda Shyam Ganamina Sadakiha Chaksurin Miritam Yanatasmai Sri Gurudeya Namaha. Today we'd like to talk to you about the burden or the weight of favor. What does favor mean? Honor, blessings, influence. We like these things, but we don't always realize that there's a weight that comes with favor, a burden that comes with influence. If you're not prepared for it, the favor won't be a blessing. All you'll be able to think about is the increased burdens. So we have to pass some tests before Krishna or God will trust us with the weight of favor. Nothing happens by accident. Delays, disappointments, bad breaks, they're tests. Will you be good to people who are not being good to you? Will you stay in faith when things happen that you don't understand? Will you daily honor the Supreme Lord by chanting His holy names? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. When you understand that Krishna or God uses difficulties and things that we don't understand as a way of getting us prepared, then you're not going to complain when things don't go your way. You'll realize it's serving a purpose. When you do the right thing, when wrong things happen, you're getting stronger. Your roots are going down deeper. And that's why Krishna doesn't remove all of our challenges, all of our obstacles instantly. We pray, Krishna, please take this trouble away, change this person, make me comfortable again. But if you're always comfortable, then you'll never be prepared. Would you agree with me that we grow in the difficult times? We grow when we have to stretch our faith, believe in things that when, even when it's not changing, stay in faith even when you don't get the contract. These are crucial times in our lives. If what you're praying about is not changing, then you can count on it that Krishna is using that situation to change you. I'm not saying to accept everything, just live down, depressed and defeat. But I'm saying that Krishna has a purpose for it. If you keep the right attitude, then it's preparing you for new levels, getting you ready to carry the weight of favor to go to where you've never gone, to see glory that you've never seen before. Krishna, God, knows what he's doing. He has his plan. We can't see it, but every day that you stay in faith, every day that you do your best at work, every day that you have a smile on your face, a song of praise in your heart, what you're doing is you're passing the test. You can't see it, but your spiritual muscles are getting stronger. Your character is being developed. You're showing Krishna, God, that he can trust you. I like to lift weights, but the weights don't do me any good if they're just five or 10 pounds. With a five pound dumbbell, I could just lift that all day, every day for three days. It's only when the weights are heavy and there's significant resistance, it's uncomfortable, that's when I make the gains. I don't like it. I prefer not to have to strain, not to have to stretch, but it's the only way that your muscles are gonna grow. Similarly, in your life right now or in the future, you're going to find yourself in situations that are uncomfortable. Krishna, 
Why won't these people treat me right? Why doesn't my business increase? Why haven't I met anyone? You're in training. It's an opportunity to get stronger. If Krishna changed it overnight, you wouldn't be prepared to carry the weight of favor. There'll be people in your life, you're treating them right, but they're doing you wrong, leaving you out, jealous. Time will come when you'll be in a position to get even, to pay them back. You can leave them out. You can do to them what they did to you, but that will also be a test. Will you go down to their level and go tit for tat, or will you pass the test and be a bigger person, not try to pay them back? Take the high road and be good to them despite what they did to you. That's not just being nice, it's passing the test. Showing Krishna that you can carry the weight of glory, the weight of influence, the weight of leadership. Krishna's not going to put you in a higher position if you're gonna use that influence to mistreat people. He's gonna test you with the small things. How do you treat that clerk who's difficult to get along with? That parking attendant? That telemarketer who's rude to you? Well, true, everyone at work slacks off. Everyone comes in late. Everyone wastes time. Well, here's the difference. You're not everyone. You're called to set a new standard. Krishna wants to take you to levels that 99.9% .9 of the people won't go. Why? They don't have the character, nor are they interested in building the character. They don't have the integrity, nor are they, in, not 99.9%, .9 but just generally speaking, they don't have the integrity, or nor are they interested in building the integrity. Most people don't want to live disciplined. They don't want to be focused in their goals. And that's fine. That's what they want. That's what they can have. But that's not who you are. You are called as a devotee to be exceptional. There's an assignment in your life for you to fulfill. Devotees were not created just to get by like others. Krishna has awakened the greatness that was originally embedded in you. You were created to stand out, to rise higher, to leave your mark. What you do in these seemingly small areas of life where nobody will see, nobody will know, that's going to determine whether Krishna or God can trust you in the big things. And this issue is more relevant today than ever before. Why? Because you can get on social media, you can be negative and nasty, insulting, condescending to other people. You can say hurtful things. You can slander their reputation, all under a different name. Nobody even has to know who you are. But here's the point. Krishna, God, is the one that matters. Promotion doesn't come from people. Promotion comes from the Lord. He lifts one up, pushes another one down. But can you handle the weight of favor. Can Krishna or God trust you with more favor, more responsibility, more resources? A friend of mine has some lemon trees in his backyard. One tree had so many lemons on it that a couple of the branches started to bend all the way down to the ground. There were five or six big lemons on the end of this small branch, which itself was only maybe three-eighths of an inch in diameter. Because the branch wasn't strong enough to carry the weight, the lemons themselves didn't develop properly. 
Sometimes we're wondering in our life, why are we not seeing more fruit, more fruit, more fruit? Why won't Krishna give me more influence, more favor, more opportunity? It may be because your branches can't carry the weight of that favor right now. If Krishna gave you 10 lemons, so to speak, but your branch can only sustain three, that wouldn't be a blessing, that would be a curse. Instead of focusing on the fruit, why don't you focus on developing your branches, getting stronger, being a person of excellence, having integrity, doing the right thing when nobody is watching, treating people with respect, giving Krishna praise when you could be complaining. Because your character is getting stronger, your roots are going down deeper, and you'll be able to handle the weight of the fruit. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. I heard about a young lady. She was impatient to find her future spouse. So she used to go to bars and clubs looking for her perfect soulmate. It so happened that she met a nice young man after some time at a church singles picnic. They spent some time together, talked. She gave him her number. He never called. She sat by the phone. Three, four days, a week went by. She called her mom. She said, Mom, why won't he call? I just think he's my perfect future husband. Why doesn't he call? Her mother said, Honey, maybe after talking to you, he doesn't think that you are his perfect future wife because of all that bar hopping that you've been doing. How many of us are impatient, frustrated, looking for the boy or girl of our dreams, when we should be just concentrating on molding our character so that we will be the boy or girl of our future partner's dreams. In this connection, John Burroughs wrote a poem. I'll give you three verses of it. Asleep awake by night or day, the friends I seek are seeking me. No wind can drive my ship astray, nor change my tide of destiny. What matter if I stand alone? I wait with joy the coming years. My heart shall reap where it is sown and garner up its food of tears. The waters know their own and draw the brook that springs in yonder height. So flows the good with equal law unto the soul of pure delight. Yes, we love fruits. We love the harvest season. We'd love to meet our future spouse right now. We love it when we're seeing favor, when our prayers are answered, there's new opportunities. That's great. But every season is not a harvest season. We may not like it, but winter also is a blessing. Winter is necessary. Without the leaves coming off, the tree would never develop new buds. In the winter season, it looks like the tree is dead. No leaves, the branches are bare. You could think this tree is done seen its best days. But the truth is, there are things happening in winter that we can't see. The tree is gathering up sap. The roots are going down deeper. It's being prepared to handle more fruit in the spring. If there weren't these different seasons, in fact, the tree would never reach its full potential. I'll tell you about a devotee who lived about 500 years ago. His name was Bilbamangala Thakur. He was interested in becoming Krishna conscious, God conscious, but he happened to have been born in a very wealthy, aristocratic Brahmin family. 
because of the lure of the intoxication of wealth, he got distracted from the spiritual path. In fact, he got attracted to a prostitute. Her name was Chintamani. He set her up in a house and he would visit her regularly. So strong was his attachment to this prostitute that during his father's funeral, he was asking the priest, can you go any faster? Can you hurry up? When will it be done? As soon as the funeral was over, he's off and running to visit Chintamani. But on that night, there was a horrible torrential rainfall, winds, cold temperatures. There were no boats going across the river, so he swam across the river, almost drowned several times. The only thing that kept him from drowning was he grabbed onto what he thought was a floating log, which took him to the other bank. But when he pulled himself up onto shore, he turned around and saw it was, after all, a dead body. When he got to the compound where Chintamani lived, the door was locked. She didn't think anyone would be crazy enough to visit her in this storm. So he climbed the wall, hanging on to and going hand over hand with what he thought were some vines. Came over, went on the other side, looked back, it was an eight-foot cobra that he just used to climb over the wall. He drags himself to a door, he starts scratching. He's soaking wet, exhausted, burning with lusty desire. Chintamani opens the door. She says, you're so much attached to this bag of flesh and bones. Better you be attached to serving the blissful, spiritual, all-powerful Lord Krishna. Go to the holy place of Vrindavan and worship Krishna. There you'll find complete satisfaction and happiness. He decided that he would do that. However, on the way to Vrindavan, he had another bout with lusty desires. He got taken with the sight of a beautiful lady who was the wife of a Brahmin. And ashamed of his polluted desires and determined to put an end to the tyranny of the senses, he asked this lady, can you give me your hairpins? She took her hairpins out. People in India do what the Brahmins asked them to do. She didn't know why, but she took her two hairpins out. She gave them to him and he plunged them into his eye sockets. <clears throat> he gouged out his eyes. Pretty extreme, but Bilba Mangala Thakur was determined not to be distracted from the spiritual path by any material object. From a materialistic point of view, he was living the life, wealth, aristocracy, women. But from a spiritual point of view, that was a desolation. That was a path to bondage suffering and misery and repeated birth and death. He intentionally and with a forethought separated himself from all those material advantages, stepped into what for materialists would be a total wintry situation. What could be more wintry than going to a holy place of pilgrimage, living as a beggar, depending on the alms of others? Not only that, but doing it as a blind man. It was a self-imposed winter season. Similarly, we should also not complain about those seasons in our lives when things are taken away from us. Former opulence, we're divested of it. We're not promoted, but we're demoted. Times we don't see any growth, we don't see any fruits. We seem to be stuck at the same level, nothing changing in our relationships still single, your health is not improving. You ask, what's wrong? Not seeing any fruits. Where's all the fruit? The answer is, nothing's wrong. 
You're just in the winter season. You can't see it, but your branches are getting bigger. The fact that you're in winter is a sign that Krishna, God, has more in store for you. Bigger opportunities, more favor, greater honor. Now just keep a good attitude in the winter season when you're not being recognized, not getting the credit, not seeing growth. Something's happening on the inside. Krishna's getting you prepared. Once Vilva Mangala Thakur arrived in Vrindavan, he had no visible means of subsistence, no place to sleep, nothing to eat, save and accept the charity that others would offer him. A village boy whom he couldn't see adopted him, brought him milk products and bread and naan from the local village. In the evening, he would lead him under the shelter of a tree where he could take rest comfortably. In the morning, he would bring him back out to the place where he could hear the saints and sages chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. And he couldn't help but wonder, what prompted this village boy to assist him, make sure his life as a mendicant, as a blind man in the holy place was comfortable. And then one day, that little boy sat down and began to play his flute. As soon as Vivekananda heard the divine notes of the flute, he realized, this is Krishna, that I have given up everything I have voluntarily stepped into, accepted the winter season. I have dispossessed myself of all of the crutches and so-called advantages in order to achieve the shelter of Krishna's lotus feet. Krishna is a faithful God. He's accepted me. He's providing for all of my maintenance. Vilva Mangala Thakur reached out, grabbed the wrist of the little boy, and the little boy did the twist thing, and he laughed, started running away. Vilva Mangala called after him, you can run away from my hand, but you can never leave my heart. Bhuva Mangala Tagore became a great, great saint, wrote many devotional classics, the most famous of which is called Krishna Karanamrita, the nectar of Krishna's pastimes, name, fame, and paraphernalia poured into the vessels of the ears. You may be in a winter season not seeing the material opulence that you've enjoyed in the past, but instead of complaining, Try a different approach. Lord, thank you that I can do all seasons. I can do spring. I can do winter. I can do harvest. I can do planting. I can do this pandemic season. I can do this season taking care of my elderly parents. I can do this season raising a special needs child. I can do this season where I'm dealing with this chronic illness. In the winter seasons, what you're doing is you're gathering up sap, getting stronger, your character is being developed, you're learning to trust God in a greater way. And all that is getting you prepared to carry the weight of glory, the weight of blessing, the weight of influence. You wouldn't be in winter, you wouldn't be in this pandemic, you wouldn't be facing those difficulties if Krishna weren't preparing you for something bigger in mind. Backtracking a little bit, the backstory of Bilba Mangala Thakur, we find that in his previous life, he was a great saint, a devotee of Krishna who had attained the high level of bhav, ecstatic love for Krishna, 
just short of the ultimate goal of pure Krishna praying. He was fond of organizing Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam is our scripture, 20,000 verse, pure Amalam scripture, pastimes of Krishna. So he used to organize scripture readings along with music and chanting, and especially sumptuous distribution of food to the sadhus and all the people that attend. And once he organized such a big festival that he spent all of his money. He needed more money to pay for feeding the devotees. So he went searching for wealth. While walking around, he came upon the cremation of a young princess who had died at only 18 years old. There was the unhappy father, the mother, the relatives. The father had the fire lit and then everyone left. Princess was burned and he noticed a valuable diamond studded necklace around her body. He thought, what's the use of a necklace for a dead body? Better to take that necklace and use it in the service of Krishna and to feed his devotees. He approached the dead body. He started to reach down for the necklace. From the sky came the unembodied voice of the princess. Stop, don't take this. Vilamangala was shocked. The voice went on. If you need wealth, then go to my father, the king. Tell him I've sent you. Under my bed, there's a box with lots of jewels. Ask my father for that wealth, and then use that wealth to serve the devotees in Krishna. So he went to the king, he told him what had happened. The king looked, he found the box under the bed of the princess, and he happily donated that wealth to Vibhavangala. He went, he spent all the wealth on the Bhagavatam festival, but at the end, he still had a shortfall. He still needed a little bit more money to pay the bills. And so he went to the cremation place of the princess and he took the diamond necklace. And as he was taking it, he again heard the voice of the princess. You've done a great mistake by taking this necklace. I curse you that although you are advanced in spiritual life and your love for Krishna, I curse you to take one more birth in this material world. And during that birth, you'll live an immoral life as a woman chaser. He took his next birth as Vilmangala Thakur in a wealthy family with all of the means to get distracted from the spiritual path. This is the interesting thing, that princess, she took her next birth as the prostitute, Chintamani. When he came scratching at her door in the middle of a torrential storm, she instructed him as his guru, as his spiritual master. She woke him back up to Krishna consciousness, to his real meaning and purpose of life by saying, if you had such a desire for Krishna as you do for enjoying my body of flesh and bone, you would already be in pure love of God, Krishna praying. The whole affair, the keeping of the prostitute, the curse prior to that, the words of the guru, the subsequent fall down with the Brahmin's wife, his blinding, going to Vrindavan, had all been the arrangement of the Lord to put him into the winter season, so to speak, which would make him stronger and give him the tools that he lacked living an aristocratic, wealthy life. He reached the fullness of his destiny by the arrangement of the Lord. It might be winter. It is winter in Utah, figuratively and literally. Winter means that we're on a verge of a new season. You passed that test. You did the right thing when it was hard. You stayed in faith when life didn't make sense. You praised the Lord. 
by chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. None of us like difficulties. But when you understand that without the winter seasons, you can't see growth, you can't see greater fruit, you won't get stronger, then you're not going to complain. You realize the winter season is preparing you to handle greater weight. Thoughts will tell you, winter is permanent. You'll never see the right person. It's been too long. You'll never get well. You've been sick for months. You'll never come out of debt. Don't believe those lies. Why? Because winter is always followed by spring. Always. Krishna is watching you. He sees you going the extra mile, sees you working hard, making sacrifices, nobody thanking you, sees you fighting that illness, the lonely nights, praising when you could be complaining. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Here's the key. What you do in private will determine how high Krishna will take you in public. If you cut corners, slack off, do things half-heartedly, it's going to keep you from carrying the weight of what Krishna or God has in store for you. You don't get stronger by taking the easy way out, the path of least resistance. You get stronger, you grow when you do things that you don't like. You do the right thing even when nobody's watching. You have a good attitude even when you're not getting your way, even when it's not fair. It is your character that will determine how high God elevates you. And there are a lot of talented, a lot of artistic, a lot of smart, a lot of capable people around. Talent will take you somewhere, but it's only your character that will keep you there. What you do in private when no one's watching is going to determine how high Krishna is going to take you. If he's going to trust you with favor, influence, authority, you have to be a good steward of it. You have to prove it in small things in your private life. How we treat people who can't do anything for us. How respectful you are to your spouse, your family. If you're harsh and condescending with the people that you love, then how can Krishna trust you with greater influence? Everything that happens in life, the difficulties, the delays, the things that aren't fair, they're not random. Krishna's given you the opportunity to grow, to come up higher. He's getting you prepared to handle the weight of favor, the weight of influence. What you can do is quit telling yourself it's too hard, they did me wrong, it's been so long. No, turn it around, I can handle every season. It's winter, I don't like it, I'm uncomfortable, but I can handle winter. I know that Krishna is still on the throne. I know that I've been armed with strength for every battle. I don't like this loneliness, but I'm not going to fall apart. I can handle a lonely season. I can handle this season fighting a sickness. I can handle this season where I'm not seeing any fruit. I'm not going to drag through it complaining, 
I'm going to keep a song of praise. I'm going to keep being good to people. I know that all seasons are working for my good. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. Prabhupada said, in this way, we devotees in the International Society for Krishna Consciousness and those who are sympathetic have taken a very serious job. In this life, we want to finish up this material existence for good, like Bilba Mangala Thakur. That should be our responsibility, that we're going to finish up material existence, no more coming and revolving in the cycle of birth, death, disease, and old age, birth, death, disease, and old age. If you take responsibility for building your character, doing the major thing, then Krishna will take care of everything minor. In that way, Prabhupada says, everything will be adjusted according to priority. And Prabhupada said, his guru used to say, finish your business in this life. Don't delay. Don't come back again for another life. That is the responsibility of the spiritual master. Spiritual master must impress upon the student how important it is to finish up your business in this present human form of life. Because only in the human form of life or from the human form of life can one go back to home, back to God. Continuing, he says, you just chant Hare Krishna, associate with devotees, take spiritual food. You're not just passing the test but you're being prepared for the spiritual world, for a life of eternity, bliss, and knowledge. Your character is coming up higher. Your spiritual muscles are getting stronger. At the right time, you're going to come out of the winter season into your harvest season. Then you'll see greater favor, greater influence, greater opportunities. Why? Because you're going to be able to handle the weight of glory. Some of the difficulties that we complain about, the challenges that we don't like, hey, Without them, we wouldn't be prepared. Instead of trying to pray away all the things that make you uncomfortable, pray away the people that get on your nerves, pray away the delays, why not try a different attitude? Say, Krishna, help me to keep a good attitude even in the midst of all of these challenges. Krishna, help me to stay in faith when people aren't treating me right. Help me to resist the temptation to compromise, to take the easy way out so that my character can develop, so that my branches can get stronger, so that I can handle the weight of what you have in store. Mark this. Before your dreams will come to pass, Krishna will test your character. You have to prove that you can handle what he's entrusted you with. There is a responsibility that comes with favor. You have to have the character that will handle the influence the right way. You have to be able to bless your enemies, not talk bad about them. Krishna is testing your character. Are you going to complain in the winter seasons, live discouraged, try to pay people back? No, we're asking you to be an example to do the right thing when it's hard, to look out for your brothers and sisters who are suffering in this material atmosphere. That difficulty is not there to stop you. It's there to prepare you. Krishna is about to release a new level of favor, influence, resources, but he's looking for people that he can trust to carry the weight of glory. 
One more thing Prabhupada says, my Guru Maharaj wanted to see that everybody is engaged in preaching work, some sort of preaching work, either indoor or outdoor. Preaching, why? You have to meet with so many opposing elements. So many will criticize, so many will attack. This is missionary work. Not that as soon as I find an opportunity, I'll go to a solitary place and sleep. No, that's not missionary life. We have to, in the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, adjust things. Devotees have got very responsible business. This Krishna consciousness, it is genuine, it is authorized. Lord Chaitanya wants us to take it all over the world. Things should be adjusted, keep us always awake to our responsibility. That is missionary life. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. I believe that Krishna wouldn't have directed your steps here tonight if he wasn't about to do something new in your life. Our encouragement is don't get discouraged by how long winter is taking. In fact, it's a sign that something on the way bigger than you could have ever imagined. Krishna's getting you prepared. Just keep passing the tests. Every morning, remind yourself, I'm the verge of a new season. My branches can now bear the weight of greater glory. If you do this, I believe a shift is coming. Winter is about to end. Suddenly you're gonna come into spring. Suddenly you'll see opportunity, healing, promotion, breakthroughs, a harvest like you've never seen before in this life and in the next life, you'll go back to home, back to Godhead. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Krishna, Hare Krishna.